0: Welcome to the seventh episode of Underqualified Analyst. This is Cooper. We have Zach and we have Hunter. What a deflating week it was for us. We went head to head with the Georgia Bulldogs in between the hedges. And we felt that my forkin bite. Boys. I mean, have y'all recovered from that loss, or or how how are y'all feeling? I haven't really talked to y'all about it.
1: You know, uh, it it took me a a little while to process it, but going in, I had some optimism, but I kind of had the feeling that Georgia was just going to handle business, and they are the number one team in the nation. There's no doubt about it. The talent gap is still evident, with when Kentucky plays teams like that there is a talent gap and it's noticeable I've handled it I still feel like we played them better than anybody they played all year and I feel like there's a probably a 80 percent chance we go undefeated the rest of
2: the year and finish out 11 and one I don't necessarily think that there's a talent gap when Kentucky plays teams like that. I think there's a talent talent gap when every single other FBS team plays Georgia because they're just better than everyone. I mean, they just, you know, like you said, went out and handled business. They were better than us in, you know, pretty much every aspect of that game. But I didn't really want to discuss, but I'm I'm over it now and uh we covered, so you know, that's what matters. We are the only we are the only SEC team undefeated against the spread. So that's what really matters. Cause everybody knows good teams win, great teams cover. So that last second touchdown made a lot of Kentucky fans happy. Uh 76% of the money was on Kentucky to cover this weekend. So it made them the majority of betters happy.
0: Yeah, but if you went on any sort of Georgia Bulldog, anything. They were just like, these Kentucky ball catch. Why in the hell did they score that touchdown? You know why? Because recruits don't watch the whole games usually. You know what they do is they go back and they're like, hmm, who did these guys play? Oh, they played George Bulldogs. They're the only team to only lose by 20 or less. Hmm. <laughs> so... That's, that's when it matters. That's what I don't understand. And even the fans were getting upset, too. Me and Zach were texting each other back and forth about that. And the our fans, Kentucky fans, were mad at it. Dude, fork off. I, I wanted to score two touchdowns, too. Even deeper than the
1: recruiting and stuff, it, it has an impact at the end of this year. When, when they look at bowl selections – being Georgia's closest game is going gonna, is gonna to speak volumes for how well you're looked at. Yep. We needed it. I know I'm not one of these guys who believe in a lot of moral victories, but I felt like Kentucky needed that because I felt like it was very possible for one loss at Georgia to turn into two as demoralized as they were going into that fourth quarter.
2: It was a good drive, too, well put together. I mean, we took the ball all the way down the field. We deserved to, you know, put punch in the end zone, and we did. I mean, I, I, don't, I didn't have People say
1: what they want, but Georgia had no intentions of letting us score
2: on the, in the final
0: quarter. Absolutely not. And, I mean, watch that last drop. I mean, Lord of Mercy. It was like we were just barely getting a first down. I mean, barely. And then when we got to the – what was it, the two-yard line, Isaiah Cummins got hurt on or one-yard line or something like that. Uh, Yeah, I mean, like right there, we got hurt right there. Um, And if they wanted to let us score, it could have been real easy. But guess what? We'll let us try to jump over the pile basically. They said, they said, they ah. said, and then um, we tried to give the rock to, was it Chris Rod? We tried I that the next play smoke. smoke. That'd be worse. Okay. Um, And then we called a timeout and that's where the fans started booing. I mean, heck, even Kirby smart understood the magnitude of that. I mean, you know, we're the only team to score two touchdowns on them. That's great. And if you watched N'Kobe Dean, And you watch uh, 47, I forgot his first name, but it's Jackson. Those two guys, they're going within the first hour of the draft day. Those guys are studs. And uh, Jordan Davis, all three of those guys on Georgia's defense are absolute studs. They're going first round. It's not even going to be a question. Heck, I'm probably leaving out a lot of guys, but those three guys were the ones that it seemed like we'd have 15 yards in between them and our guy. And they just cover it. I mean, those—I don't know what their forty times are, but it's probably in the threes easily.
1: Yeah, you watch that game, and some of those screen passes to Wandale out in the flat. Those are normally plays he breaks for five, five to fifteen yards. Once he beats one defender, he was beating the first man several times. But after one yard, somebody had closed the gap. And Wandale is a super-fast individual. Their secondary was just – their
2: closing speed is unlike anything we'll see the rest of the year. I knew that they were big, and I knew that they were fast. I've watched them play. But, I mean, until they played my team, I just didn't know they were that big and that fast. (laughs) I mean, it was just crazy to see. It was just like – I mean, it was unlike any defense that I've ever watched. And like I said, I've watched them play this year, and it's just been remarkable, honestly. They're just on another level. You know, a lot of our fans
1: were, if you watch Twitter during the game, it was, why are we being so conservative? Why are we being so conservative? Well, we had to. You could watch Will Levis go through his progressions, and there was nothing downfield. And he either had to check it down, or get swallowed up by that ginormous red wall that was coming to the end of the backfield. We didn't have a chance to throw a ball deep. He didn't have time.
0: Dude, speaking of what Hunter to, to what Hunter said about how you know I've watched Georgia, I've I've seen how they play. But if you want to know what it's like playing against Georgia, your team. Go watch both of Kentucky's field goals. Both. It was like Joanna Man, where he's playing against just women. He's six foot seven, six foot eight, and just dunking on them, right? It's, I mean, it's the exact same thing. Those guys ran through our guys like a spoon and butter. I mean, it it was just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, You know, we have probably the best offensive line in the whole sec possibly the country i would go that far and jordan davis and the front seven they made us they, they made us really really work hard and we were able to muster two touchdowns we probably should have gotten three we'll get into that here in a second because i know hunter wants to say something uh here in a second but um but yeah we i think we played
2: about as well as we possibly could That was crazy to see on those field goals how we just got bullied. I mean, I'm not even talking, like, pushed off our feet. I'm talking, like, cleats dug into the ground, us getting shoved backwards, like we're – like you said, like we're just – I mean, we just got overpowered. Just manhandled.
1: There's no way around
2: it. I was pretty optimistic about the way that Will Levis played. I was pretty happy with the way he played the game, and I'm very – much looking forward to seeing him, what he can do the rest of the year. Because he's impressed me a lot the last two weeks.
0: Yeah, and uh, so he went 32 for 42, only had 188 yards, right? So you, you look at that and you're like, wow, that's not good. But then look at what some of the other quarterbacks have done against him. Nothing. Okay. So then then you add on how many drops we have. We had seven drops, seven. So if our receivers do their job, which they, technically they have two jobs, which is literally block or you catch the ball, but the main function is to catch the ball, right? Their In main that function.
1: Game, they had the third, it was don't die. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Because so, that secondary
1: was head hunting.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, but if you if you think about that, their secondary is a good secondary, really good. I mean, one of the best secondary, right? So, if he goes 39 for 42 against the best secondary
2: in the nation, bro, that is outrageous. He didn't throw a single bad pass. It should have been at least, like you said, at least like 36 for 42, 35. I mean, at least. It should have been better. But we just had drops.
0: Yep. We did have
2: drops.
1: A couple of those you can credit, Georgia's defense. Getting a hand in late, knocking the ball. But our receiving core has to do better. And you got to remember too, we're without Ollie, who's our number two target. Yeah. Probably, I'm, I mean, I'm going to say he probably has one of the sure. Yeah.
0: I mean, him or Wandale, obviously.
1: Yeah. But I want to talk about that yard that, uh, Everybody's complaining about. Yeah, you know, he completed thirty-two passes, but he only had X amount of yards. Yeah, he had to check the ball down a lot, but plays that would normally go for big gains were snuffed out by just a superior defense. One of the one of the biggest ones was a uh, a screen pass to Rodriguez. We had three guys leading him trying to block we never touched the guy he blew by all three white jerseys and rodriguez after about two steps
0: well to be fair that was Nakobe dean okay
1: it was and i mean that just shows you they are
2: two steps ahead of us three three on one he should be blocked i don't care if it's ray lewis out there well the thing
0: the thing is it's like we had ran that play and that was the play that got us to like the one yard line that we ended up you know running that that kind of fade route to uh rig for the touchdown their iq that's what was even more impressive like you know their speed that's impressive their uh, they're just total power. That was impressive. But we ran that same exact play. That play would have worked. But that guy literally knew what the play was before it was even set up. He, he just blitzed straight through Eli Cox and Luke Fortner, which is an amazing offensive lineman, just looked silly. It was like he didn't really even know what was going on out there can't say anything again you can't you can't beat talent if it's that much more than yours and then you can't beat someone who outsmarts the literally probably smartest guy on the field because luke fortner is probably the smartest guy on the field that's not even a diss to any guy at georgia but that guy literally studies roman numerals
2: i i thought it was funny they showed like the I, I guess it was like maybe the State Farm Scholar athlete or something, some kind of, you know, thing up on the screen. And Luke Fortner, what's his major again?
0: Mechanical, mechanical engineering. engineering. Yeah.
2: Yeah, his is mechanical engineering and the other guy's was real estate. <laughs> 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 I'm going to say this, and you all might disagree, and that's fine. I want to hear y'all's opinion on it. But I think that the moment – especially maybe in the first half of the game, it was like the moment was too big for us. It was like we weren't ready for something like that, I thought.
1: I don't know if the moment was too big for us or if we weren't really prepared to play that kind of talent. I mean, it's easy to watch film and see these guys, but it's different when you step on the field and go against talent like that. Georgia was dropping one or two into coverage every play and they were still getting pressure on the quarterback.
0: Well one thing I was gonna say about about uh, hunter's question there or I guess really it was more of a statement was we we actually started the game better than anybody that's played against Georgia. So we you know we got I believe it was two straight first downs and one was was by about four or five yards. And then what really crippled us was our first penalty, which was that illegal formation. And we did it right before, we, like the, the, on that exact play, it was to Wandale, and we took it for about nine yards. So instead of being second and one, we go second and, and beyond, and then we, we, we get behind ourselves. And that is where it crippled us. And then on the next drive, same thing. We had another, we had another penalty, it stalled us. And then what does Georgia do that next possession? They go down and they, you know, they score. But, you know, they don't they don't score in the first quarter. My whole thing was if we if we can beat them in the first quarter or if we can tie them in the first quarter, that's a win. And when I look at that, I say, okay, that's a win. Now the biggest crippling thing was we needed magical things to happen. Aka the Jaques Jones failure to jump on that ball. I think all of us can agree that was an absolute monumental swing, right there.
2: And that's so. not talent. That's lack of pre- preparation. That's not George's talent. The penalties aren't George's talent. The drop passes aren't George's talent. It's the moment's too big for us, and we weren't prepared for it.
1: That's situational awareness. I mean, you just have to fall on that football. If you don't hear a whistle. You've got to fall on
2: it. You probably couldn't hear anything in his defense, but still, if it's iffy, you've got to – and most most of the time they do, even if it's like a definite – it's been on the ground rolling around for like five minutes. Most of the time, somebody just picks it up.
0: And then they'll just like run. They
2: just, they're, just like, they're just like,
0: screw it, I'm going, boys. Anytime and like...
2: <laughs> the D-line D gets a chance to get the ball, he's going to pick it up and start running, even if there's 17 whistles.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and then he goes to the sideline and gets oxygen, because that's exactly what I do, too. But, yeah, I thought that so that was I was talking to Zach a little bit about this. I texted him a little bit about it, and there was two there' was two situations, and you know this is this is big hypothetical things I'm talking about here, and let's just say Jaquez Jones
2: falls on that football, okay, and let's say. He should have ran it back for six. He shouldn't have falled on it or fell on it. He should have ran it back for six.
0: Okay. All right. That'd be even better. So, let's let's just say he on it, right? Not even, I'm not even going to go crazy. I'm not going to say he picks it up, takes it 85 yards, because I think it was on the 15-yard line or something like that, and takes it back for six. But let's just say he falls on it. We get the ball right there. We burn more clock, and then we hypothetically would still – go into halftime 7-7 down. We would go into halftime 7-7 down. Instead of 14-7 down. And then Georgia would still go score 14-7 at the beginning of the second half. So, instead of being down 14, we're now only down 7. That's a football game. Okay? Wandale catches that pass at the back of the end zone, 14-14. You know, they go they they I mean the the pass that um Stetson Bennett through to Bowers. Uh, really, both both of the touchdowns was just beautiful, honestly. Like, it really was like a gorgeous pass, especially the one over the shoulder. He threw it seven yards before he even decided to turn around. So, that was incredible. Um, I just think that this game was one or two things, not – not anything crazy, like a drop and being situa- situationally aware away from being a three- to seven-point game.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see that. Obviously, you never know what happens, but we do know what happened after we failed to fall on a fumble and they scored the very next play.
2: That was back-to-back st- mistakes by Jaquez Jones. I I mean, it was. had a rough
0: night. He had a rough night. He had a rough night, but he, I mean, he's a by far our best linebacker. That, uh not sorry, not best linebacker, but best coverage linebacker that we have. So yeah. he's he's gonna be important against Mississippi State.
2: I he's mean, got an extra finger, so you know he, he does it. Be. That's JJ Weaver. That's what I meant.
0: <laughs> he's got a J yeah. on his name, <laughs> but- JJ Jacquey Jones. <laughs> I thought a guy that
1: showed up and was really ready for the moment was Josh Paschal.
0: Dude. He felt like he
1: had a great game on the defensive side of the football. I feel like every week he goes out there and he's just earning himself
2: more money. Yeah. I agree completely with that. Every game he shows up ready to go. Yeah, he does. And
0: I think he would, he, you know, those injuries to Bully McCall and Oxendown were just huge. I watched the game today, rewatched it. You know, I had a few tears in my eyes. But every big run play was straight at our defensive tackle gap. Every single one. Uh, uh, what is it? A- a- Abul Fitzgerald. You know, it was he was the guy that they tried to give that starting position to, and you know he just he just couldn't. Another guy that's been showing up and playing really good football, Justin Rogers. He's been playing really good for us on the front seven. He, I mean, he's, he was one of our highest touted uh, players that we've had in a long time. So um, that right there just shows. I mean, wh- I think we're very close to being a, a very elite team. Um, but Georgia just, I mean, they're out of this world. I mean, they're, yeah they're they're out of this world they I, I i would be very shocked if they lose this year
1: i think their only challenge the, the the rest of the year will be when they meet up with alabama
0: yeah so i think that's it i i, I know in our predictions which by the way we didn't we, i didn't tell y'all what our predictions uh ended up being so we did five games hunter topped us all off with four and one uh, I came in second with three and two, and Zach's first week at two and three. Solid first week, Zach. It's okay. So, you can only go up from here unless you lose them all. Also, uh, had Same. I don't know what you said, but uh it, it broke up. He did also have two dogs hit this week. I don't know if that's what he said, but he did have two dogs hit this week, which makes – his dog of the week be six and one. And now I'd like to say, go follow him on Instagram. It's at betting bows and it's B E T T I N G underscore underscore B O S give him a follow. If you want to get some, some uh, betting tips. All right. So while we're on the topic of Bama is Bama back. Okay. So I know, I know at the beginning of the year, uh they were the head honcho, no reason to take them off the top of the throne. Are they are they back in the driver's seat? Can you see if can you see them beating Georgia? Can you see any possible situation that Bama ends up in the final four? You know, let, let's hear it. Hot takes only.
1: I'll be honest with the talent that Alabama has on the offensive side of the football, they will be Georgia's biggest problem, I feel like. Not because they're strong at one or the other, is they're pretty good at both. They run the ball well. They throw the ball well. They're complete. I think it'll be a really good matchup. I think if they beat Georgia, I think they're in the, the college playoff. I think you get Georgia with one loss, Alabama with one loss. Both of those will be in the college football playoff. If Georgia wins,
2: Alabama's in a New Year's Six Bowl. Alabama, they didn't really do anything impressive. I mean, they just went to Mississippi State and beat the brakes off of them, just like everybody expected them to do. I mean, that wasn't like it was a big shock. Uh. With that being said, I don't think Bama ever win any, lost a game, and everybody knew that they weren't this team they were last year. So with that being said, I think that they'll continue to handle business and like you said, do what they need to do, but I don't think they'll be Georgia.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't I just don't I really don't see how you can you can look at both teams and say wow, you know, this this Alabama team, they're gonna they're gonna hand it to Georgia, which you know, I could I could say in the years prior. But, you know, this this Georgia team, they're they're really just built different, man. Like even their offense, their offense is starting to click. And if JT Daniels really is that like that much better than Stetson Bennett, which I thought Stetson Bennett did pretty good. Um, then
1: he's leading the team well.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're still averaging what is it, thirty-four points a game. I don't see how you can you can look at Georgia and say, "Wow!" Like you know, their offense is really holding them back because they're not. They're, I mean, they're, they're scoring thirty some points a game, and if their defense only gives up six points a game now, I believe we we bumped it up to six points a game. Uh, yeah, raise yeah, that I yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, I know. So six points a game. Congratulations! You lost by twenty four. You know.
1: Yeah. I don't think I don't think you can look at either team and say, well, one's gonna beat the brakes off the other. Anytime you've got that much talent uh playing in a football game, I think that's gonna be a really big game, gonna be a really big environment. The only question I have is can Georgia handle the moment? Can Georgia handle the moment? In years past. They've not been able to.
2: I agree with that. It's, uh, you know, it's definitely a question on probably weighing pretty heavy on the mind of all George fans is what are they going to do when that big stage comes around?
0: Well, they had a pretty doggone big stage this week. I mean, I know it was at home, so they didn't have to really handle it. But, you know, they, I mean, they what they do, they went out there and they handled business. Yeah, it, it kind of took them a quarter to get things going. So I I, th- I don't think they can do that against Bama but um you know when when Bama and them play it's going to be at a neutral site which I assume that Bama is going to play them unless somehow um you know we get some sort of offensive jogger or match against LSU or something like that that could potentially just be a complete shocker I don't think that that's going to happen
2: again but or Georgia just loses out, and we play Bama. Ooh, yep. You wanted a hot take? There it is. No, I just said or that's know, a cause. steaming
0: pile of shit. Take is what that is. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh man, that's that's yeah. Um, so
2: I don't see I don't anything
1: on the rest of Georgia's schedule to even make them.
2: They consider. got a trap game coming up. Next game, trap game against Florida. I don't think that's a trap game.
0: Yeah. Like, I think like, that's
1: a disaster if you're a Florida Gator fan.
0: Like, uh, what you're talking about is they put the Gators in a trap. Like, they literally put them inside of a trap
2: and then they don't feed them for weeks. That's going to be a real close one, boys. Barn burner. You'll see.
1: Florida couldn't even stop LSU from running the football.
2: Yeah. That was just everybody gets.
1: Yeah, Georgia doesn't need luck, though. They run the football on everybody, including us. And we were the best run defense I thought they'd faced.
0: Well, uh, we were until we got hurt. I mean, to be fair, uh, like, of all their – I believe they got 140 rushing yards against us. uh, They they may have gotten more. I I haven't looked at the actual stats yet. But um, I believe 110 of that was in the gap that was missing. Their forty-yard rushing touchdown that they had against us—that was in our missing gap. Um, I mean, we, we really that that gap was just—it it showed to be a lot bigger of a problem than it what I had anticipated it being because really our solution maybe wasn't the greatest that I could have imagined. But yeah, so what I was gonna say was who who is your all's top five? So I just mean, if you looked at each team and you said, who are the best five teams in college football? You can do four, but I just mean looks doesn't matter if every single one of them are in the SEC. Doesn't mean doesn't matter if they're all in the Pac-12 because that's the conference of champions. It doesn't matter. Whatever teams that you guys like as your top five, Let me hear them, but I'm going to go first because I know none of y'all have them. So, uh, we sound a little more professional. So, I'm going to go Georgia for sure, number one. I don't think you can dispute that. Bama, solid number two. (sighs) Number three, I'm going to go Cincinnati, four, Kentucky, five, Ohio State.
2: You want to go, Zach? You want me to go? Go ahead. Georgia at one. Cincinnati. Alabama at three. Then it's then after that, I don't I don't believe in Oklahoma. I don't believe in Ohio State. I don't believe in Michigan. I mean, after that, I think it could be anybody. But I want Georgia, Cincinnati, and Alabama right now. But if you want me to finish it out, I think that both Kentucky and Ole Miss both could end up around there when the season ends. But I think that you have to put Ohio State in there. I agree with Coop. So we'll go Georgia, Cincinnati, Alabama, Ohio State, and then either Kentucky or Ole Miss.
1: I'm going to take – Georgia, Alabama, Cincinnati, and then I'm not with you guys on on the Oklahoma deal. I think Oklahoma is finding themselves. I know they had quarterback trouble early, but I feel like getting him out from under center has revitalized that football team. And when I watched them the other night, they looked legit. Then at number five, I think you got a lot of teams that are that are right there. Ole Miss, Kentucky. I really believe Kentucky football, the way we're playing, look at full strength. I I could see us being number five.
0: I just want to break this uh, this podcast up for some breaking news. Nick Rolovich is out as Washington State head football coach because he would not get vaccinated for the next game. So, uh, just thought that was pretty interesting. It popped up on my phone. So, I went ahead and hit our listeners with the first breaking news.
1: Seems to be a a pattern we're seeing a lot in sports now.
0: Yeah. They just don't want to be a prick.
1: (laughs) You've got that. and Then you've got the whole Kyrie situation in Brooklyn.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Jonathan Isaacs uh, and Andrew Wiggins tried to, and then they're like, hey, we're going to take money away from you. And he was like, ah, yeah, I guess my religion doesn't believe in that either, though. So I'm going to have to get the shot then. Um, but yeah, I, I won't, I won't, you know, that's to be non political. I just thought it was interesting that it popped up on my phone. So I was like, oh, okay, all right. Um, but yeah. How about something that's a little political? Um, I, I thought this would be kind of cool. So, the Tennessee Ole Miss game was, you know, really cool, really good game. Uh, but the best part of it was, I believe, the last 54 seconds where they had to stop the game because the fans were throwing things on the field. Now, Lane Kiffin got hit with a golf ball. And he said that there was, like, brown liquid inside of these water bottles. And he was like, I don't think that that's uh, moonshine. I don't think they'd waste that moonshine on me. That was 100% dip, okay? If it's it, – it like, there was no way it was not dip, okay? First off. Second off, the best thing that I saw get thrown was a full thing of mustard. What fan is like, man, I really want a dog. But, I, you know, I just, I just can't stand them Them mustard packets. I'm bringing my own daggone mustard. <laughs> so, so, what I wanted to ask you all is, if you knew that you were throwing something on the field later, what are you bringing?
1: If I knew I was going to throw something on the field, I'm probably piggybacking off the one guy and taking a golf ball.
2: I'm probably bringing the old front porch brown bag full of poop and a lighter. <laughs> Light it on fire and let her fly. Burn the
0: bitch down. <laughs> let her fly. <laughs> uh,
2: four seconds. A
1: more symbolic thing to throw for Tennessee football than a flaming bag of crap.
2: Yeah. Well, the last just... 54 seconds of last, that game lasted at least 30 or 45 minutes.
0: At least. And not only that, but I I believe uh, I heard this right. There was 43 injury timeouts in that game. 43! And that's just because they have such a fast offense. And it's like, I mean, I know some of those were legit. Like, but how are we going to stop that? Like, how are we going to stop? Like, are, what, what are your guys', I guess, resolutions to that? Like, maybe make them sit out more than one play. Uh, what, what do you think?
1: You know, you hate to you analyze anybody for, an, for a legitimate injury. Yeah. But this is beginning to get ridiculous. And I'm not even – I mean, Kentucky is probably more guilty than anybody for the most perfectly timed cramps on the planet. And it's if you have a rule, somebody's going to find a way to abuse it. And that's just, it's just part of the game at this point. I don't know if making them sit out more plays is going to help anything, but
2: you hate to see it. I think they have to set out a full possession. That's the only thing that, um, that I can even think of and like you said it's kind of unfortunate that it's happening but it definitely is it's not you know it's definitely anybody who watches can see and the only solution I could think of was you know having them set out a full possession that's it
0: yeah and I mean but also that kind of goes to the fact that like like guys are gonna have cramps They, they, they just will but it seems like the same people go down with cramps like 45 times a game. Like I know, um, who is it? Carrington Valentine. I think that's who it goes down for Kentucky. He's our, he's our go-to cramp guy.
1: Every
0: time. And, 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 you know, I am no athlete. You look at me and, and you look at me and I look like a daggone fudge round, but, you know,
2: I've I've I ran a love f- some fudge rounds.
0: I, I love some fudge rounds too. That's why I said them. But you know, I, I've I've played sports, and you know, I never I never had a cramp. But that doesn't mean that these high octane athletes aren't gonna have them. But some of these guys are going down five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times a game, and it's like, bro, like, like at a, at a certain point, just you need to just take a banana with the peel on, and just eat it. Because Will Levis ain't gone down with no cramp.
1: I think <laughs> that's a good idea. I think everybody that plays in the game has to eat a whole banana before the game, peel
2: on. nanner, not a banana, a nanner. <laughs> or as uh, Max Dovey says it, banana. Banana. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I want to go back to the Tennessee old Miss for a minute seeing them throw that stuff on the field as somebody that's been there that did not surprise me one bit no we literally talked about
0: you getting spit on with saliva okay that is the most offensive thing somebody could possibly do to another person and that happened and they probably did popcorn
2: thrown at me too big time yeah popcorn thrown at me all
1: right here's what frustrates me we got fined two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for storming the field in celebration. Game was over. You know, danger level to a minimum. Tennessee is literally hurling golf balls, full bottles of mysterious liquids, bottles of mustard, (laughs) causing stoppage of the game. The cheerleaders had to leave the stadium. The band had to leave the stadium. $250,000 fine. to me that
2: should be worth way more than what we did i thought so too i didn't know what they were going to do but it was just like i mean it was it was unlike anything that has been seen in a while it was it was, it was wild and even whenever they got to resume play it just and i guess they tried their best to push everybody 20 rows back or at least you know out of the lower sections And as soon as the game, you know, resumed, everybody just ran back down there, and they just kept throwing stuff, and they just kept playing during the barrage. I mean, the announcers even said, they got to be out of ammo. Nope, unlimited. (laughs) They didn't run out.
0: Just more stuff. Do you know why? Because they sell beer there. They sell beer there, and they had them tall boys and them things. You can chuck a tall boy pretty far, man. I don't have experience with that. I just, I mean, they're, they're pretty dense, I mean, and it feels, it feels like shot put, you know.
1: That's all Mitch Barnhart needs to look at to go against selling <laughs> on an alcoholic field. What what they they said field that stuff was for?
2: getting thrown from the top rope, the to upper deck, and hitting the field. I mean, yeah. it wasn't in the lower arena.
1: If you throw a beer bottle from up there, you'll kill somebody.
2: It's full.
0: <laughs> it's full if you throw it from up there. It's full.
2: You'll kill somebody if you hit them. Who's got the money to be buying beer bottles just to throw them? They're like 15 bucks a pop.
0: Hey, Tennessee does because they don't have dental plans, buddy. That's why. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) Well, okay, but seriously, though, that game actually was a good game. You know, it went back and forth. I think, you know, screw Tennessee. They screwed me out of two grand of a parlay, so I'm pretty upset about that. Anyways. Um,
2: If
1: you they, like watching a football game where absolutely zero defenses played on either side, it was a good football game.
2: Dude, there was some defense. Obviously, there was defense. The under hit. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Even though the under was 99,000. <laughs> it hit. Wasn't yeah. even close. Easy easy money. By 20. 60. Exactly. Easy money. But, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was
0: a good game. Hendon Hooker played really good. It seems like um, how
1: bad was his injury at the end of the game? Ooh Does,
0: man, do we know? I I haven't heard a report on it, but um, it did not look good. I mean, it looked bad for Joe Milton to come into the game. It has to be miserable. Like he had like like it. it I feel like it was it, it. It just looked like it was almost like a hip pointer because it looked like it it was his hip that was bothering him. But maybe not. It's
1: never good maybe when not. they pack you off the field and you don't put any weight on it. Yeah,
0: he probably he probably had a cramp. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, and how about Matt Corral, man? That guy, he's, Stud. you know, I'd 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 watched him, and I think as long as Ole Miss doesn't lose like, have a bad loss, I think it's his Heisman to lose, in my opinion. I think Bryce Young's playing good. But, no, I don't I don't think Bryce Young, if he got hurt and, you know, their backup had to come in, I think that would hurt Alabama much less than Matt Corral going out.
1: Well, yeah, I think so, too. But he's just a stud. That's all I, you can say about him.
2: I know that everybody's saying the Heisman is kind of wide open. But to me, maybe just – maybe not even statistically, maybe just the eye test. I think it's a two-horse race. I think it's between Matt Corral and Desmond Ritter. I mean, Desmond Ritter's – I mean, he's captaining a good offense in Cincinnati. Yeah. So is yeah, no. I i mean, I think, I think Desmond Ritter too.
0: But I know Desmond Ritter is like a far third. And the Heisman race, like just based off of like odds on like who, who's going to win. It's like yeah. Bryce Young at one, and then right behind him is Matt Corral.
1: Well, Hurts-Ritter is, is the strength <clears throat> of schedule that they've played this year. That kills you in a Heisman race because people want to see you in these big-time situations, these big-time games. And the, to be honest, the only chance he's going to have for that is if they go to the playoffs. And then it's too
0: late. Yeah, unless he just has, like, a really big game against SMU, which is the last game that they have that's, like, worth anything. But, you know, he didn't put up huge, huge, huge numbers against um, Notre Dame. And, you know, I I think that kind of hurt him, in my opinion. So, I feel like if he was going to make himself be the Heisman, then it was going to be if he had a really big game in that one. I, I think, in my opinion, it's Matt Corrales to lose, and then Bryce Young, and then after that, uh, I doubt it will go any further than that. I don't know.
1: I think you're dead on.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, speaking of no defense, if you thought that was no defense, you must have for sure not watched the LSU-Florida game because oh, that there was
1: zero defense. that
0: that was there was one play with those defense two play three play four play four interceptions from LSU's defense holy crap like i don't know if they had like a magnet like the bugs bunny magnet like he did in space jam with the golf ball or like what but emory jones he had a rough day and then finally florida, florida fans got to see AR fifteen in action, and that man is a bad man. He broke his finger in the game, and he still threw two touchdowns afterward. Two. He's a bad. I don't man.
1: know what. I don't know what happened to Jones. I don't know if he forgot what color jersey they were wearing or what. But you said it was defense, but shoot, I could have caught those interceptions. He threw them right to
2: him. I'm gonna say this. I. I mean, the whole game was just this This one particular thing. Did you all see the Hail Mary at the end of the half? <laughs> what was that? What were they Literally, I mean, I can't act it out for you. But literally, if you were defending someone, this guy literally did not look to him and just looked the other way while he caught a Hail Mary in the back of the end zone.
0: Yeah, and they had they actually had AR fifteen out there to catch the ball. Did you see that? He I was one of the that receivers. No. Yes. I didn't he know was that. yeah, he was one of the receivers out there for that for that play. Now, I will say it actually was a really good pass by Emory Jones. Like there was not many spots that he could have put it at in the end zone that it would have gotten caught at, except that spot right there.
2: You think that's what he was going for, or do you think that he was just throwing Hail Mary? He was just he throwing lunches. Hail Mary. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: I think it was complete luck. Just complete and total luck.
2: Well, it was complete and total horrendous defense. That helped. Yes, it did. It does not hurt.
0: But, but but let's just throw this out to LSU. Like, their entire secondary is hurt. They had safety. They have safeties out. They have Singletary out. They have, like, I mean, DBU, it's more like DB who? Because, holy crap, they ain't. Every single defensive back they got there is just gone. They're absolutely g- giggity giggity gone. And um,
2: while just we're like on your that, coach. yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say, Coach. What? Oh, got the boot. What the hell, man? After after winning, that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I got one. I got one more thing to say about defense yeah. during that game. I bet on Florida for a parlay, and a couple of other my buddies bet on Florida. All they had to do was win, money line. And we said all they got to do is just get one defensive stop in the second half. They just one. That's it, to win. And guess what? They didn't. Not one. <laughs> Not yeah. you even Get a stop or get the ball last. That was it. No. Nope. It didn't well,
0: matter. Well, you know, I guess the players knew before the game that Coach O was done. Apparently. Coach O knew as soon as the UK game ended, he apparently was was walked up to, and they. I guess that whole week they, they spent, like, finalizing everything. But it goes to show you how much Coach O loves that university. He met with two recruits on the same day that he was getting booted. He was getting the can. On his preface conference day, he met with two recruits Recruiting them to LSU. Go Tigers. Simple as that.
1: The native son, you know, he loves that university. I think there's more to it. I think there was some outside, stuff, some outside things that went on in that program. that It was his time. Uh, it also goes to show you how fickle the rest of the SEC can be when it comes to coaching. You know, the man just won you a national championship.
2: Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow won the national championship. Without him, he was not getting that national championship.
1: Well, no, but he had Joe Burrow. Exactly. And the trophy, and the trophy it, is in the trophy case at LSU. So It is. He, it he, is. F- I,
0: he found Joe Burrow. He's the one who went to Joe Burrow and was like, come on.
1: You know, you can't – the man had success. And he had, last year, he had a bad year. But what people don't talk about is how many of his players opted out and didn't play last season.
2: Yeah.
0: Who took
1: that opt-out year?
0: Jamar Chase. He's one of them. That dude is a stud. Imagine Jamar Chase and Bute on the same team. Boy. (laughs) I mean, speaking of Boutte, does he come to Kentucky? Does he transfer? I, I leave all that up to you, Coop.
1: I think he transfers. I think he leaves there.
0: I would love for him to. And you know who else would? Will Levis. And Wandale you, Robinson.
1: I think that gives you a an elite target.
2: We don't have one already. We don't have a
0: guy oh, that yeah. we can throw the ball up to and he can get the one-on-one ball.
2: Don't. I agree with that. Yeah.
1: We have an elite playmaker. You have to get him the ball in space. Yeah, I agree he's with not that. a guy you can throw back your end zone and expect him to catch it.
2: He's not the best receiver in the National Football League, DeAndre Hopkins. I know. Yeah, Devontae Adams. That's crazy. <laughs> uh
0: anyways. Well um, anything else y'all wanna y'all want to add about this this week? I mean uh, I went over I believe just about just about everything that was that was big in the SEC um, I mean we can talk about how Missouri still can't stop the run. We can talk about Missouri's defense. Uh, what did you say it has more holes than a butterfly net?
1: Yes, I think that is the exact quote that yes. I used.
0: Yeah, I, I like that. I, I think that's yeah. a common theme in Missouri's defense. And you know, Texas AM they're starting to look almost complete. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that they're the best of the best, but
2: they're starting to become the Texas AM that Hunter hoped they would be. I gave two picks for that game, under and Texas AM. I hit both, not bragging, just you know, humble brag. Yep.
1: Good job. It's amazing what beating the number one team Thanks. in Nashville will do to, the, to your confidence. <laughs>
2: yeah. I, I was confident in them before after they lost. I, was, I had my confidence. I knew they were the best team in the SEC, but not anymore. second best. Still. Yeah. Uh, wait, There's there only know. one Yeah. And I, it is in Athens. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's in Nashville.
0: <laughs> Vandy, boys, mm-hmm. actually – No, we got to talk about that. Vandy almost won an
2: SEC game. They got a a running back back, right, and he's back, and I guess that – did that matter? I saw he was back. I didn't know if he played good or not, but I assume that had something to do with it. That game was – Let's
1: look at who they almost
0: beat. Hey, Frank Beamer is a good coach. (laughs)
2: South Carolina played Georgia kind of (laughs) tough.
0: They did score 13, just like we did. So,
1: yeah, but – on at, on Georgia's, like, fourth string.
0: Correct. Who but we did
1: not get the advantage of seeing.
0: No, we got to see them a lot whenever we got pushed to the sidelines many a times.
1: Whenever South we ran Carolina, the screenplay
0: 17 times in a row.
1: South Carolina has moved into the basement with Vanderbilt and a newly uh, moved in Missouri.
0: Yeah. And I mean, they're the, at least they're cleaning floors. Like, like Missouri just got down there to check out what's down there. Right. So they, they can still come up to the light of the, the, the bottom 12. Right. But they went down there to check and see what's down there because, you know, they got dared to go down there by their buddies. And then, um, you know, they get down there and, you know, it's just whale shit. That's all they're cleaning up down there. They're, they're just they're just digging up whale poop. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just I feel bad. Maybe that Luke Doty is no longer their starting quarterback. Maybe this new this other guy he's gonna be he's gonna be their saving grace. But you know, if their offense could get going, they would be okay. I'm not going to say they'd be amazing, but they'd be okay. Their defense at least disrupts enough to where they they get turnovers. I mean, Kentucky doesn't really get turnovers. So
1: – Our defense is the most boring defense in the nation to watch.
0: It is, but it
1: gets the job done. Until you face elite talent.
0: Well, yeah. And, yeah, I, Bend and
1: break works until you face elite talent. Yeah, because if they just keep bending you and bending you and bending you, you have to break.
0: Unless you're your like, choice. unless you're like one of those inflatable guys outside of a used car lot. Those guys they bend, they don't break. <laughs> all right, so I believe that's all for the for the fo- football talk. Oh, wait. No, it's not. What are we forgetting, boys? Something real important. I believe that we are forgetting the men's dog of the
1: week.
2: I had to check this line at like three different sports books just to make sure that I wasn't losing my mind here, fellas. I mean, we got something to brew in this week. We've got a touchdown underdog, a touchdown underdog in college football Saturday at 330. undefeated I picked them last week. And I'm rolling with them this week. Oklahoma State undefeated 5 and0. they're playing Iowa State. It's at Iowa State. They're a seven point underdog. okay Iowa State's three and two Oklahoma State 5 and0 a seven point underdog. I mean the Oklahoma State just beat Texas. Iowa State beat Kansas State, or Kansas State, and they beat Kansas. That's not too impressive to me. Their game before that, Iowa State loses to Baylor. Okay, they lost to Baylor by two. Close game. Oklahoma State beat Baylor by ten. How are you going to – I mean, and, and Oklahoma State, I don't know how this line makes any sense. That being said, a lot of money is flown in on Oklahoma State early. So, if you want to bet this, bet it now. Oklahoma State, they don't need the points. Money line on the road at Iowa State. That's my college football dog of the week. I'll have another one for NFL on the next episode.
0: And there you have it. Go ahead and check Hunter's squad out. And that's Betting Bowls. And that is on Instagram, B E T T
2: I N G underscore underscore B O S. Hit him up. 8-0 this weekend. 8-0, undefeated, didn't lose a game. It could have been you guys. But it wasn't. Or was it? Has anyone taken advantage of it? If you
0: have, Hunter will give you a little bit of, little bit of discount just because you're, you're coming
2: by and watching the podcast, having a little fun, listening to us. We can do better than that, Coop. We can give a free weekend to anybody who mentions the pod, all right? A free weekend to anybody who mentions that they heard it
0: all right well you heard it there I wasn't going to give out any deals that I wasn't allowed to after
2: that full price
0: (laughs) but yeah we'll give you we'll give you a free he'll give you a free weekend um he he's one of the best out there you know I was doing it with him and then I realized how much better he was at it than me and I said well buddy I won't hold you back so um that's it for our episode. Hopefully you all enjoyed it if you didn't again, uh, hit up our HR that's Zach. Um, he he filters all of our complaints. We did get a few we did get a few um, reviews and we do appreciate that if you guys could give us a five star review that way more listeners can listen to us and everything like that. Uh, five stars only only or, five stars or hunter will come and you have to touch his belly button so that's that's how it works all right well we're gonna we're gonna hop off here but that's it for us and i hope you all have a wonderful week <laughs>